Good morning, and it is uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time right here in the uh, studios on Race Road uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Paul Jones, and yes, it is Friday. It is Friday, and it is Friday. Folks, welcome to my church. Welcome to my church, feel free to look around, give praise and glory, my spirit will be found. Welcome to my church, I'm here every day, just let me in, hear the words I have to say. Welcome to my church, yeah, welcome to my church. Welcome to my church. Come on, come on. Just believe in me. I'll catch you when you fall. Let peace in me. Yeah, I'll rule your heart. Welcome to my church. For a brand new start. Welcome to my church. Yeah, welcome to my church. When two or more gather in my name When you drink from my well, never thirst again oh, yeah. Welcome to my church Welcome to my church, yeah. Welcome to your church. 
and that was Welcome to My Church. How many people out there remember this? It's Friday! 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 The slave drivers say no just for the hell of saying no. Those dummies got into the yo-yo concept this week, and they had us doing three-leaf clovers and walk the dogs. But the cheap bastards didn't even buy the yo-yos that glow in the dark. Ugh. But we've cut the strings, and we're rolling down the street because it's Friday! Oh, yeah. I remember uh, many times, many, 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 many Fridays, uh, WBN uh, Wildman Walker used to scream that to people every single Friday. And, of course, I am uh, pretty sure, pretty sure that uh, uh, we had uh, quite a few people screaming it's Friday all across the uh, globe and uh, I got, uh, got uh, let me see what I got here. What do I have here? I got Dave Coleman trying to join me this morning, and uh, he's just uh, staring at me uh, relentlessly on his screen. I don't know if he can hear me or not, but I'm going to have to. Oh, and I, I think, hold on just a second. Can, can testicles, one, two, three, testing, one, two, three. Uh, can you hear me, David Coleman? I can hear you, and oh. I can see myself, but I, all I have is the Bootleggers Music Group logo oh well why don't you just hold on just one second there and let me fix that how about if i fix that and i get myself all nice and prettied up here uh for you uh real quick and uh get on but i've got uh david coleman uh coming on and david uh you should be able to see me here in just one uh uh quick uh second and uh hold, okay yeah well hold on tight there one more one more thing that I screen. one more thing that I need to do, and uh, because I want to go ahead and recording in progress. Recording in progress. Good morning, David Coleman. You look all sexy. Where are you going? Uh, I am at my daughter's house. Um, oh. I help watch the. I help watch. We co-share a little pup, and, uh, and then I have a coaching call today at eleven. But I'm I grabbed a quick breakfast. I'm going to have breakfast with Paul. Okay, well, you uh, breakfast with Paul. We could call that this uh, this show breakfast with Paul. It's not uh, a bad idea, you know. Breakfast yeah. with Paul. Breakfast with Paul. It'll make you regurgitate and lose weight. That's uh, people. Is, well, is if we go mean? back to if we go back to what you did with your uh, if we go back to what you did with your soccer team, people can tell us what they're having for breakfast, and if they regurgitate, they can tell you That's how just, it turned out. Exactly it. And David Coleman is referring to my game that I used to play with my uh soccer team called name that food so uh when they would eat before soccer practice because i made them run every uh practice like three miles uh if they threw up we would gather around and we would get to name that food so that's what i got uh and you know no, what you, let me do, have do taken, this too man you have taken your psychosis farther than anyone on the planet ever has i think it's fabulous well you know david what i've what i've tried to do is uh just uh i had a, actually had a meeting with some folks yesterday and uh i they said you know you don't really seem like you care too much about anything and i said i really don't as far as political correctness and stuff like that goes, so we met at uh, we met at uh, what's the name of the place? Fueled Collective, 
yesterday and had a little meeting. Oh, where is that? Uh, it's a place up in Hyde Park where you can go and, you know, the, the rah-rah, poshy-poshy people go and they can rent space or they can own, uh, you know, a membership. Really? Yeah, and it's actually a very cool place, but, you know, a lot of, um, uh, what would I say, uh, I don't know, uh, people that, you know, have flavored dogs and stuff. I see. You know what I mean? They 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 don't they can't just get a German Shepherd. They get a got to get a Shepherd Doodle or something like that. You know what kind of dog do you got? Now I just insulted you. Then you got a you got no, a no, Schnitzel no, no, Popple or something, don't you? Ours is half Jack Russell, half Beagle. We call it nature's perfect mistake. Uh, uh, half Jack Russell, half, half Jack Russell, half Beagle. What would so, that? What's it called? Is there like a name other than? See, now you, know, you gotta have a name for your mixed up dog. So what? Someone is, like, saw my dog one day. I was out at the park. They went, "Oh, you have a Jack." I think they called it a Jacoby. A Jacoby. You got a Jacoby. I'm like, what? Oh, you have a Jacoby. They go half Jack Russell, half Beagle. I've got one. Now somebody else might call in and go, "Wait, you're wrong." Right. Uh, yeah. I just call it psychotic. Right. Well, and we had a Jack Russell uh, for a very short stint because uh, a purebred Jack Russell, I might add, it was purebred, and uh, and that dog was a whack-a-doodle. Uh, was yours territorial? Yeah, everything was his. <laughs> everything. And he he dug perfectly round holes like perfectly round holes in the yard. He was like a post hole digger. Um, it was the craziest dog I've ever had in my, I did a stint without, cause you know, I'm a great Dane guy. So I right. had a little stint without a great Dane and got this uh, wackadoo uh, dog, Jack Russell. And the, the dog was insane. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it wasn't awesome. We ended up, the dog was Houdini. He, because we didn't have a fenced in yard, so we would keep him on a lead. You know, we'd keep him on a, we had a little leash and a uh, collar type thing, you know, like a run. And no matter how many collars I put on the dog, I put the vest, I put all that stuff, he could get out and he'd escape. And, then, and then you got to go to the SPC and pay a fine <clears throat> to get your dog out of prison, out of puppy prison. Yeah. And after about the sixth time, uh, I took his dog tags off and uh, the SPCA called me one day and said, we have your dog. I said, you ain't got my dog. <laughs> I was, my dog's right here. <laughs> you ain't got my dog. Put him in the well, gas doodle gasadoodle chamber. <laughs> the other day I got here to the house and they have one of those gates that keeps the dog in the living room area. And then they have another gate that keeps it from going to the downstairs. And then there's a door that leads to the, the carport area and uh, the dog was waiting for me at the door having successfully gotten through the gate from the living room to the dining room and the dining room over to the the steps just right. looking at me being all happy right. i had to open up the gates and walk back in there houdini yeah houdini the, the dog could get out of anything he wanted to get out of and just and faster than grease lightning you could not catch that dog it was almost impossible it took me like four or five rounds just to take him down one day but, Did it run uh, in circles? He ran every. I, it, he was crazy. The dog was absolutely crazy. So, what was he, the name? Uh, you know what? I cannot. I I think it was you, stupid. Something. Get your in here. You know, it's like my I name. My name growing up was Jesus Christ. 
you know, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, it was, it was that kind of a uh, See, I thought my name growing up was what were you thinking? Yeah. That was the. What were you thinking? Who in the hell What were you again? thinking? Right. Yeah. So you you said, I, I texted you this morning. I said, well, you want to jump on? And you and you did. And I know you got somewhere to be at 11 or something like that, you said. or I do. I, I uh, you know this. I, I coach people to become better public speakers. And I coach people on relationship issues. So today is... Uh, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna train one of my public speakers who I really trust to do one or two of my programs so that if I'm booked, he'll be able to go in my place. Wow, you've never offered yeah. that to me. And there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I could be Paul the dating Dr. Jones? Actually, I think you'd do a really great Paul job. Paul the dating Dr. Zass. There you it's, go. It's it's just what could in that ten seconds where you turn into Paul, yeah. uh it's that's the ten seconds that uh so when I when I have a problem, <laughs> when you have a moment, when I, I have, call them moments. When, I have when, the, when, when you have a moment, solid moment of not knowing what's going on. That's great. Well, I had many of those uh, yesterday. We had a lot of conversations. That yeah, as a matter of fact, you and I had several conversations the other day. We were talking about you know the political correctness and stuff. And I by chance, by chance, I did get on Fox News today. And uh, and there's a couple things that uh, uh, just kind of stuck out at me. And going back to that AOC chick, you actually sent that to me. You sent I sent it to you because I sent it to you because of the discussion we had the other day, where I didn't I didn't know your feelings about her till the other day, and I saw that article today about gas stoves, and I had to send it to you. That lady is Lulu, man. She she is a blatant nut. And I am going to prove that here for anybody that has any doubt that this woman, first of all, the person that we're listening to that is, you know, supposedly uh, a leader in the country is uh, we're going to talk about what you sent me. But I found this. And now, David, you won't be able to hear this unless you actually, if you, if you turn the radio station on, are you on your phone or are you on a computer? computer. If it's you, okay, I'll listen to well, it Well, you've got to hear what this nut job is. Um, I don't know about you and how you feel about racism, but I guess. Not a fan. Do you eat cauliflower? Occasionally, it's you not. You racist bastard, you. You are a racist bastard, according to this nut job. And I, if so I, I eat cauliflower, dude, cauliflower is racist. That listen, I, okay, you sprouts? can't listen. I wish you could listen. I got to figure out how to make it so the guest on Zoom, because David is joining me. Oh, by the way, it's Friday and it's Paul Jones live. <laughs> it's Paul live. And uh, it is now 9 15. So I am like 15 minutes remiss from saying that. But, um, so when you sent me the article on her for what we'll talk about in a minute, um, I stumbled across this. And yes, you are racist. And you didn't even know it every time you eat cauliflower. So I'm going to spend this. It takes two minutes and 14 seconds. And while it's going on, David, I'll be able to hear it. And I'll paraphrase it to you. I'm going to take me off the air, but I'm going to let this thing roll out. So for okay. all of you who eat cauliflower... <laughs> It's time for you to enroll in sensitivity training and to really rethink 
your vegetable choices, according to one of our leaders who actually, I think, had a job at McDonald's before she went to Washington. And I'm pretty serious about that. Hold on a minute. Paul, you okay? If we go through the. It's getting hard to keep track of all the things that are racist these days. Jefferson statues, milk, not wanting African-Americans to abort their children. That's racist. Now add another one to the long list. Cauliflower is racist. In a video posted on Sunday, young pioneer Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez explained to her followers that it is deeply problematic to grow cauliflower in urban gardens. Really think about it. When someone says that it's too hard to do rose yucca instead of, I don't know, cauliflower or something, um, it, you're, what you're doing is that you're taking a colonial approach to environmentalism. And that is why a lot of communities of color get resistant to certain environmentalist movements because they come with a colonial colonial lens on them. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Even adjusting for the fact she's dumb, which she obviously is, it's still confusing. What is she saying? We need a liberal Sherpa to help us figure it out. Kathy Rue is the founder of Catalina Magazine and a frequent guest on our show, and she joins us. And Kathy, thanks so much for coming on. So Thanks for having how, me. How racist All right, is cauliflower? So cauliflower is racist, uh, according to this AOC, because it's the colonial, colonial approach to environmentalism, which not sure what that actually means, Dave. I, you're like real smart. You went to school and everything. So I'm not I'm not real smart. I, I try to stay current. OK, but does 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 that make sense? What is what the hell is a colonial approach to environmentalism? Well, I guess they would go back to what was being thought, said and done during colonial times and mm-hmm. see how that transfers to and how they handled things on a daily basis to how we're handling them today. Does it transfer? Should it still be the same? What's interesting is how you find out. What about all the vegetables we love? What about green? Well, beans? they said carrot. She she included carrots in this whole thing. Anything that they used to grow is racist. Like corn, she mentioned corn and carrots. So I'm not sure about that. It's it's almost. I'm gonna I'm gonna liken this to. And Paul, I'm sure you've heard this. Every day they come out with something else that causes cancer. And it's pretty much almost everything we consume now. Right. Because the FDA hasn't changed any rules and we still have, we still have uh, aspartame in our food as well. I'm beginning to think that if we look far enough back in almost everything that we use or do on a daily basis, and you know this as well as I do, things can be used for good or evil. And, and people look for good or evil. Remember, we talked about this the other day, the habitually offended, the people who are looking for something to complain about and something to cancel. Right. So right. It, it can be done with vegetables. It can be done with something we're using in our home every day. Yeah. It could be a type of clothing that we put on. We shouldn't use that fabric anymore. Well, I mean, my saxophone case came with a cancer warning from California. It did not. Yeah, it, it, if you buy anything like that, it come luggage, anything, California, they they have to put this California tag in there that it, you know it's made of materials that cause cancer. 
I so see. I don't lick it. I you know I don't lick my my <laughs> saxophone case, but. You don't consume your saxophone. I have not consumed. No, I have not been uh, taken down to eating saxophone cases. But yeah, I, I, you know, I told you well the other day when you were in here was the first time I turned the news on, and I, I just am. It, it it's this. These are the same things. But you say every day they find something new. I have been off the loop for three hundred sixty-five times two, and. So they must have found, what is that, 365 plus 365 is more than 365. So a lot of more crap that's bad for you. Paul, don't, don't forget this. Every one of these politicians, uh, every movie star, everyone has a staff, okay? And what they're looking for is clickbait. And let's be honest, we kind of do the same thing with what we do. We, we yep. hope to have something posted where they go, oh, got to hear that, got to listen to that, got to see yeah. that. I honestly think that sometimes people are putting things up because of the clickbait. They're hoping you can click. If you click on that, it's going to take you further into other things that they want you to see. And sometimes I just wonder how much of this is real and how much is clickbait. Right. I mean, you have to, well, you're, you're a marketer. I'm a marketer. I know that if I stick on my album covers or on things when I was selling cars and, and things like that, if you put, uh, you know, uh, uh, a rear end in a uh, bathing suit on the ad, the click is exponentially higher, right? So, mm -hmm. and you and I've talked about the headlines, you know, it's like um, one problem is many times people do not, they will base their opinion on the headline, not even read what was said, not even investigate what was said to see mm -hmm. You know, was it true or was it not true or do anything? It's kind of like going back to the scandemic. You know, I had the numbers and research from from the CDC. I'm not a smart guy, but I know don't take somebody else's word for it. Go and listen or go and read and do the research. And that's why I always felt the way I did. And that's the way I feel right now is, you know, I can see the numbers. But most people don't do that. They just – is read a headline and go, Oh God, COVID's up again. Well, what what right. the hell's wrong with right. you people? You know, Paul here, you taught me this. You and I had a meeting. You'll probably remember this. We went to, I think we stopped at, uh, what is it? Longhorn steakhouse or something like that. You and I met one day and we had lunch and, and you said, do me a favor, turn your phone completely off. We put our phones off to the side because you were concerned that whatever we talked about could be heard through our phone. And well, think about this uh, for all we know, the Cauliflower Association of America sponsored that because, <laughs> because listen listen to the number of people today who are now talking about talking cauliflower. About cauliflower. And, and by the way, if we clicked on that, you taught me this too. If we clicked on and read that article today, uh, I'll bet you by the time we go to bed tonight, somehow in our email, Kroger is going to send us a thing because cauliflower is on sale or Giant Eagle Will or anywhere the right. people live. Right. But You've taught me that nothing happens without a reason. Well, one thing's for sure, buddy. I mean, you know me and the technology. It is the geofencing and all that stuff. And, you know, your phone, people that have those uh, Alexas in their houses and things like that need to understand. Your smart TV's listening to you. And they, they you know, uh, years ago, a couple years ago or a, year, you know, a couple years ago, you know, people would look at me and go, you're out of your mind. And then all of a sudden Google comes out and says, yeah. <laughs> and we're storing the data 
and we do listen to it. And then they turned it over to the government. Uh, and, you know, and that story kind of went underneath the radar of so many people. Right. But it was 100 percent true and accurate. They came out and said, yes, your Alexa is listening 24 seven. It records. It is stored. It is on the servers. It is there. Everything you do. And that's why when all of a sudden you're talking about a car or you're talking about this or a vacation, all of a sudden, boom, your phone lights up and you've got... It's unbelievable. It's, well, when I was in a car business, geofencing was a big thing. And I think I told you a story uh, of, you know, the biggest geofencing company wanted me to be the one making the phone calls when you pass McCluskey Chevrolet and call you and talk to you about cars. Because they know. They know, you're, they know you're in the proximity of that place. My GPS just went past their, their, their lot. They know. They, they know. They, they know that you are there. And it's called geofencing. Google it, people, and look it up. And uh, that's why that happens to you. But, you know, we're, we're ignorant. And we hit yes, 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 agree, 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 agree when we start a new phone. Because you can't go forward without saying I agree. But right. nobody reads the bottom line. Nobody reads the fine print. No, oh, I was sitting at this table. I was sitting at this table with my daughter and her boyfriend, uh, and I think someone else, about a year ago. It was, a, it was a prettier time outside, so it must have been summer. We were talking about something. We were talking about flowers. We were talking about where's the best place to go buy flowers. I think I was going on a date or something, and I was going to get some flowers. Oh, you're nice. You know, isn't that sweet? And what do you think happened within an hour? Right. My inbox. One uh, eight hundred flowers of the three different. I'm like, holy crap! Now here's the interesting thing. I don't think I even had my computer or my phone anywhere nearby, mm -hmm. so that had to be heard, attached right. to me, right. and come back in my email. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? That yeah. night, I remember going, whoa! Yeah. Uh, I, I had you in the back of my mind going, oh man, I hate telling Paulie's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's not even a matter. I mean, I do like being right, as everybody knows, but uh, it's it's not even a matter of being right. It's it's the fact, uh, you know, like uh, I was talking with my buddies yesterday where we had a long conversation. You know, I'm quite loud. People looking and staring and, you know, uh, which is fine by me. The more people who knows who you're educating. Right. I'm not doing it necessarily intentionally. But we were talking about employees and and buying crap on Amazon and and why there are no stores and uh, these are our partners in the in the inbound. Uh, you know they're struggling now. We struggle finding employees. Everybody's struggling finding people to work. I guess everybody evaporated that is supposed to work. And uh, you know what are you supposed to do? I mean, are we do we all end up working at Amazon? someday or in the healthcare industry i mean that's basically the only two that seem to be doing kind of okay yeah you're right you know you're right paul i was in a store yesterday and uh it, it's the store that you laugh every time i tell you i'm in but again i was taking something back yesterday not walmart I again i was in walmart again and i i it looks like i only go in to take things back but uh, I was walking through the store on the way back to replace what had been purchased wrong. So as I was walking through the store, I realized what disarray the store was in. Mm -hmm. You know, usually you have a staff that comes through and re-puts a shirt back on a hanger or 
you know, a cubicle that's got or a, a desk that has a space that has things piled on it and they're nightly slightly folded. The, the aisles were so full that my cart wouldn't roll through. I had to reach down to pick things up so that the cart would roll through. Bang, and I know my pick crap up. It was no crap store, the store was in complete disarray. And when I got, I just had a nice little talk with you know somebody up there, one of the managers. They said, we don't have the staff. I, I, I'm telling you, man, I know we, we probably sound like a broken record, and you could. We could talk about this same thing every day, every day, every day, every day, because anywhere you go, that's just the way it is. There's not, you know, when I was talking, uh, I was talking to, uh, uh, I was talking to a friend uh, the other day, my, my friend Mindy, and she uh, said, have you seen Harrison Avenue? How filthy and dirty it is, and I haven't there's been down there's here no there. Well, there's garbage every freaking place. It there's garbage all over the streets. What happened to I guess Green Township and uh, the cities and places like this don't have anybody to pick up the crap. It's just there. It's filthy, and I don't go that way to go home. Uh, I come that way to work in the morning time, but. Uh, it's pitch black, you know, like this morning I was here by five fifteen, Um, but, and I go the back way to, to go home, but, uh, you go to a store, there's whatever, how you remember the trucks that used to be in like the Kroger parking lots and Walmart parking lots. And they had the big vacuum cleaners on them and crap. Sure. I haven't seen one of those in years in, in probably two years, three years. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody, this, this Walgreens down by me looks like. A, it looks like a garbage dump. I mean, there's crap everywhere in the parking lot. Right. There's and and of course people don't pick up. You know me, I don't walk over garbage, uh, so I, I I'll pick up what I can. But As you cannot I. pick it up. I'm not going to pick up their whole parking lot. Um, and it's it's just a it's just a train wreck. So yeah, Paul, so, the allotment the allotment that I live in, where my place is. Uh, I live next to a, a beautiful stretch of woods that's part of the allotment. And uh, I noticed the other day I was walking the pup and I looked over and it's absolutely full of garbage. And really nice guy that works for the complex, his name is Wally. And I said, Wally, what's going on? He said, well, you got two things going on. Number one, people don't want to walk all the way over to the trash compactor. So they stop in the woods and throw it in the woods. <laughs> number one. Jeez. Number two, number two, when the weather happens, it gets caught in there. He said a couple times, two or three times a year, we get a group of people and we go through, but within a couple of days to a couple of weeks, if there's been a bad storm or if people get lazy, it's full again. Right. And I'm talking about, it's a beautiful complex. So to look over and see the woods with a garbage bag or pizza boxes, or, and some of it you can tell blew in that mm-hmm. it just other stuff you can tell was absolutely put there because people didn't want to walk the other 50 yards yeah. to the spot where it's I'll, at. I'll tell you right now, man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's just funny as anything. I mean, people, uh, what's well, not funny as anything. It's just, uh, it's really sad that we've just gotten to the point of, uh, people are not even, I mean, they don't clean up. They don't do anything. I've watched these people up at GFS I'm a cart guy, you know, and grocery stores. And when I used to go to Costco, uh, you know, people walk their carts out and just leave it. People don't give a rat's ass uh, for some reason. But, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, it is Friday. (laughs) Oh, 
Lord help us all. So we were talking about uh, our racistness, racistness, racistnessity, uh, and about cauliflower being racist, according to AOC. And, I have a question, Paul. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. That was the topic. Yeah. How did that? I, I'm more interested in how that became a topic. People can have their impression of cauliflower, and they can think back to where when it was put in the ground, and who put it in the ground, and say that's racist. How did the conversation get on? Why wasn't it Brussels sprouts? Why wasn't it green beans? How, well, I heard carrots were in there. How did cauliflower become the topic? Well, I do not know the answer to that question, but I think you probably answered it by saying clickbait, right? Like, I, I don't know where her brain went to like are you just walking down the street one day and just like she was because they showed her on like she twatted it or whatever that's called uh she's, so she's got her phone and uh you know looking like mr ed walking down the street mm -hmm. talking about racist cauliflower um i just figured we might be on inflation or something that's literally hitting every single person in this country who's you know struggling a little bit and filled my car up the other day again and went crap are you kidding me right uh, there's some other important things to talk about other than whether a vegetable is racist right or or uh outlawing gas stoves so which is my next uh topic on that ding dong uh she i guess uh you sent me uh that uh clip and i sent uh, you that because we had been talking about it the other day and and it was the lead story today when i clicked on the news yeah yeah, I, I, you know, you sit and look and you wonder, you know, I've had people talking about, um, you know, when is enough, when is enough going to be enough for all of us, right? When are we going to come together and fix those kinds of things? And uh, I don't see it even happening. I think people are afraid to, so afraid to even just stand up, you know, on all kinds of topics. You know, we talked about all kinds of things. And uh, I think people are just afraid, like, like you just said, aren't there? And uh, this morning when I do the, the gas grill thing, uh, mm -hmm. Rep. Ronnie Jackson from Texas uh, was on Fox. That's the sound clip that I uh, pulled down. And that's exactly what you just said. He just said, don't we get we got some other important things to talk about. And well, but that's two years ago. They, they've been saying that. Oh, my, I'm 58. And as long as I can remember ever even paying any attention, they always seem to have other important things that they should be talking about. But they're not. They, they don't ever on both sides well, of the aisle. If people are going to come together, they have to be able to have civil conversations, which means both person gets their point of view out without being attacked. Those two people discuss it, come to some type of mutual resolution and agree upon a, like a, a, an action. Right. If both people can't come together, if both people can't state their their basically their opinion or their stance on an issue without being attacked, they're going to stay quiet. That problem will stay quiet. It'll be under the surface, and it's still there. Right. Well, I you know, and I, and I'll tell you right now, I am terribly guilty many times of not not allowing somebody to voice their opinion or voice something i have been been known for that in the i have tried very hard especially over the past couple of years to really sit back and think my problem always is is when somebody's basing an opinion on not on it's just an opinion 
and it's not based on any kind of fact. I have a hard time with, with, you know, like, like the cauliflower thing. I mean, that's an opinion. That's, that is purely a, an opinion. It's not, I wouldn't even know why. It can be the fact of who and when planted it. It's an opinion on how you should feel about it. There. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I do. I like that. I mean, who and when planted it. And then I guess you have to go backwards and, you know, look at the time, right? When mm -hmm. it was, when it was done, uh, something like that. But I mean, Paul, uh, everything had a history. The microphone that's in front of your face right now, someone invented it way back when, not the beautiful one that's in front of your face right now, but someone invented that technology. Right. If that person went on to become a mass murderer, people aren't going to think real highly of the person that invented the microphone. Right. Everything has, everything we use every day has a history. Mm -hmm. You can go back with everything we're touching and eating now, find out its history and vilify it. Right. If, if you find a way to vilify it. Yeah. Well, like we said, and uh, I'm leading up to, uh, I'm going to spin, come together here real quick. Uh, be back in three minutes and 56 seconds. I'm talking to David Coleman, the dating doctor and the host of Bridging the Gap, which I will have Matt's uh, re-recorded uh, uh, thing up uh, by the, hopefully by the end of the day. I got a pretty busy day, but uh, I can't wait for up. you. And then we're going to have him in here on Monday, right? People are going to love that interview and they're going to love him. You're, you're going to. He's something else, man. Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm looking forward to it, and I know I've got quite a few people that uh, uh, listen uh, very, very often that I do talk to and text with and stuff. My buddies that I was with yesterday, they they listen all the time, and uh, you know they they got mixed emotions on certain things, uh, you know themselves and their lives. And uh, uh, when we were uh, talking, they uh, brought up the. Uh, uh, show we did when, when we were talking uh, about the transgender little girl and stuff and um, they actually even said man you you sure you want to go down that path I'm like well you have to go down that path we like you just said we have to you can't I can't just shut up or you know I we have to go down that path where we're we're you've never been our, one to hide you've never been one to hide your opinions and your emotions and uh, whenever I'm with you and talk to you, I just try to keep you grounded and see both sides, and uh, to the best of, to the best of our ability, have a have a uh, to the again, best of our ability come the best together. of our ability have a have a candid conversation <laughs> have about a, a candid come together. Hey, I'm gonna spin come together. We'll be back in three minutes fifty six seconds. I'm talking with David Coleman, and this is Paul live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from nine to eleven Eastern Standard Time. Coming to you live. From the studios on Race Road in between Ron's Roost and the closed Steak and Shake. Come together. We'll be right back. Better come together before it all falls apart but Take a look at your history book The repeat's about the start Inch by inch has become mile by mile Bound by the chains of shame Shackled by the comfort of lifestyle so damn easy to blame our fellow man 
vow that we cannot stand So they keep us fighting while they do the little dirty deeds Next thing you know they redefine what freedom means Yeah, it's the perfect storm and we're sitting in the eye We better stand up for each other Cause freedom like justice should be blind Set aside our petty differences And have a little heart to heart We better come together soon Or it falls apart Come Together, which uh, I play that song pretty often. I love it. I remember when uh, when we wrote it, you know, uh, here's here's the thing. We're talking about, I'm talking with my buddy David Coleman, who's uh, on this morning, which we ought to just do this uh, all the time, David, and just kind of scour things. It's kind of fun. But um, when when we wrote Come Together, it was at the point when, if you remember correctly, I want to remind everybody, because we're talking about our leaders, okay, uh, or having some conversation about our leaders and just the state of the world. And uh, uh, when Joe Biden uh, stroked his pen during the height of the, the, uh, uh, the inoculation uh, uh fiasco you know uh the government forcing people to stick crap in their bodies uh and he stroked a pen and said you're basically your body 
is not your body. It does not belong to you. You can lose your job. You can lose federal contracts. You can lose this. You can lose that. Your employer has a right to fire you. As a matter of fact, employers were mandated to get rid of employees if they refuse to do this, which here's the point of come. And that's when come. I just when I wrote it was the vaccination. Well, because if you listen to the one line where it says, so now your body is not your choice. The very thing that separated so many now has no voice. And that was a direct reference to Roe v. Wade. Uh, That was a direct reference to that, that he stroked a pen. Okay, because on the and and I don't want to say left and right, but I'm going to have to. So uh, say or, or let's say pro and con. Let's just say a pro and con. Now, I have my own opinion on that topic, which it, it's number one. It doesn't it didn't ever belong on a federal level. It doesn't. That is a personal. That's a personal decision in someone's life. You cannot mandate if we could mandate morality in this country, we would have no murder. We would have no theft. We would have no nothing if it could successfully be mandated. It, think about that. You cannot, we can have all the law. How many laws do we have on the books about murder? How many? A lot. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Stealing, hundreds of thousands. People still do that shit. That law's not going to make a, a difference. Uh, you know, you need to teach people why not to do something. Why, you know, you need to teach them why not to do it. Not mandating it's not going to. So, at any rate, I went on a rant. So, when we wrote that song, when I wrote that, that was when he did that. And I had called my brother, and who is very politically active. And I said, dude, you need to get every Republican, every conservative, every, every uh, pro-lifer on the steps in D.C., and congratulate Joe Biden. Instead of everybody bitching about it, he, we should applaud him that he just told us we don't own our bodies. So now that argument of my body, my choice on anything, on, on anything level, I see what you're on, saying. means nothing. Means nothing. I remember, Paul, I was getting ready to go on tour. I was, I was lucky enough to be able to transition my career virtually. So 2019, 2020, early 21 were still a pretty good year for me. Virtual porn was hot. <laughs> I'm not in that industry, but I'll bet it was. And <laughs> I was getting ready. I was getting ready to go on tour, and it was made clear to me by the agents who represent me that they had been told by every campus, if I cannot show that I have had the first two vaccinations, I cannot appear on campus. So, I mean, it was my choice whether I was going to, but I had, if I wanted to work, I had well, to have and, and again, getting it. Making the decision to do that yourself is one thing, but to have to use the term, I did it in order to even work. This is the United States of America. That is your, excuse me, that was pretty gross. Uh, that is your body. That's, that's like your thing. And I happen to remember the Tuskegee experiments. I wasn't there at the time. But I know history. I know what it was. And that's what has amazed me about how people of that uh, of that race were so easily thwarted into doing something. Now, again, if it's your choice, it's your choice. But, you know, to me, my problem with it, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this. My problem with it was 
they didn't know. You're not sticking. I don't need to have that. So that's where that song came from, and it was really cool because I, I, I have gotten lots of emails and comments about it that, yeah, you know, at some point we do have to come together. And right now – I remember – I mean, right now, I mean, we, we got these people doing crazy crap. I mean, they're going to outlaw gas grills or there's talk about it. Now, you know, Biden has said he, he's not going to, to do it. But just even the th- thought that, you know, um, and I, I want to play this. I want to play this clip I found. <laughs> what was the rationale, again, on banning a gas grill? Dude, it, uh, she, this ding-dong AOC chick, she, she, is, she, she is so nutty. Uh, I get that, but what was the rationale? It uh, causes cancer. It causes okay. uh, uh, cognitive problems. It causes all kinds of things. I'm going to play this clip real quick. Uh, so David Coleman sent me um, uh, an article this morning about this. He every once in a while, I know you do, do it just to get my goat. Uh, he well, no, I did it because no, we had you just, do it just, just get my. It. You get you do it to get my <laughs> pants and a curl. And uh, so I I went and I read it and then I found this clip. Um, and yes, it does come from Fox News, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what she said and what she does. But uh, so I'm going to play this clip real quick. And uh, Dave, give me a second, and I'll mute us, and we can talk about it because uh, he can't. David can't hear it. So uh, actually, uh, here it goes. Here it goes. The EPA has found that natural gas stoves emit air pollutants such as nitrogen dioxide and carbon monoxide and are linked to respiratory illness, cardiovascular problems, and other health conditions. Okay, that's not great, but counterpoint, gas stoves are also linked to delicious pan-seared scallops. A little butter bath. So come on, baby. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a result, the government is now considering banning gas stoves. You. I will see you in hell. You can have my gas range when you pry it for my hot sizzling hams. Now, because they knew I'd be upset, the government says they now have no plans to ban the stoves. So as of right now, there are no rule changes. But the nervous Nellies over at Consumer Reports are urging homeowners to consider going electric. Why? Because electric stoves are so safe. Kids, I don't want you inhaling particulate matter, so I bought us something that goes from room temperature to the surface of the sun with nothing in between. And when you turn it off, it stays hot for hours. Is it on right now? Only one way to find out. Jimmy, put a plate on there and see if it explodes in your face. People people stuck at airports have said, I've been at JFK for nine hours, but by all means, continue this important discussion about gas-freaking stoves. That's right, Biden said you can keep your gas stove, but you have to wear an N95 while you use it. So the first part of that clip, David, was uh, Colbert. And I, and I cut you off. What did you say? No you, worries. You, go ahead. Did you say you got to go? About 10, 15. Oh, okay, great. So the first part of that was uh, Colbert, and then the second part was Jimmy Fallon. So now we have two notoriously, um, uh, what would you say, I, you know, liberally- uh, anti-Republican guys that I've noticed a trend over, you know, the past couple of years when I do catch clips, these guys are really whacking their own team because they know they're, they're, they're like out of their minds. I mean, well, if something's so outrageous, they know that if they endorse it, they're outrageous. Yeah. So they've got to They got to stay humorous without looking whacked themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was the interesting part. And then the second part of this thing that I'm going to play, 
uh, is actually uh, uh, the Fox News interview with Rep. Uh, Ronnie Jackson uh, from Texas. Uh, and he, they're, he's commenting on uh, the gas stove thing as well. So I'm going to play that next, and then we'll be, we'll be right back. So I'm going to play uh, Rep. Ronnie Jackson. I can't see past my thing here. And so here it goes. About the health hazards of gas stoves, you first tweeted out, you'll never give up your gas stove in response to talk about a nationwide ban. That tweet led AOC to say, quote, did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to reduce cognitive performance? You clap back with this picture from AOC's Instagram featuring, you guessed it, a gas stove. Uh, deal with choice here. You want to take uh, the uh, hypocrisy here or uh, as a real doctor, how worried are you about the uh, gas stove warnings from Dr. AOC. Well, look, I'm not worried at all, zero. There's absolutely no scientific evidence out there that demonstrates that this type of cooking is any more hazardous or dangerous than any other type of cooking. This is just an effort by the left, by the Biden administration, to continue to push their Green New Deal and to continue to take control over our everyday lives. This is gonna be a huge burden for lower and middle class folks. There's like 187 million people in the country that have these gas stoves in their homes. It's 40% of the population People can't afford to go in and just tear these stoves out, convert what they have, and put a new electric stove in. It's, ex it's insanely expensive for hardworking people, blue-collar folks like the people I represent in the panhandle of Texas. They can't do this. And the Biden administration is just so out of touch with what's going on, and they need to be working on issues that are important to this country. They need to be working on our southern border and the crime and the fentanyl that's crossing the border and killing hundreds of people. They need to be working on the economy and our, our issues over overseas. Uh, so this is just, uh, it, it's a ridiculous. To be clear, the Biden administration has said it does not support a ban on gas stoves. That's what they just came out with. But clearly, AOCMD does. Well, that's, that was a walk yeah. back from the White House so right. fast they could trip over their gas stove. Hopefully they'll be fine. <laughs> so also, David, so what they're saying is what Rep. Ronnie, uh, and I have to tell David because he can't hear the clip since he's um, joining me via Zoom. But basically, you know, she's calling for a ban. It, it, it causes uh, problems with cognitive thinking, things of this nature. Now, uh, more into the clip, I guess Ron, she must have at some point uh, posted a picture of her kitchen uh, because this rep then posted that picture of her kitchen with a big-ass gas, gas stove. Big-ass gas, which, you know, honestly, if I sit back and think about it, um, may prove her point. Maybe that's how she has become so damn ignorant. I, I, I don't know. Now I have to kind of rethink this. And there's why you have your own show. That's why I can't be you fired. Can, you can circumvent all the way back to the cause and effect of an article. See, see why you have your own program? Right. See? I mean, think about that, folks. I mean, at the end of the day, is she actually right? Now, underneath that article and whatever you, whatever you were looking at, is the next thing by the Ameri natural United American Gas Companies of America going, you're wrong, and here's, they're going to have studies to refute it. You know that. Oh, sure. This, this is already, if it's not, it's heading to court. Yeah. And they're going to say, your product makes people cognitively ineffective. And they're going to go, you're wrong. Another warning label. <laughs> Just like with my saxophone. Just like your saxophone case. It'll end up in court for sure. And you, you have to believe that the lobby... The gas lobby's got to oh be all, and they're going to come. Tomorrow's headline will be, "You're wrong." 
gas doesn't cause it. You had to be cognitively impaired to even think that. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, which she could be since she has one. I I don't know, man. I you when you, when you sent that and then you you listen and you just think, you know, number one, what was the first stove in the house? Oil. The first stove oil. ever were in the house oil. was a wood burning wood burning and then oil. Yeah. And then gas forever in a day. And what actually, I, I, I don't know. I, it just drives me insane to think all of us say, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the uh, global warming concept. You know, I, you know, I'm smart enough to go look. I mean, you can go on YouTube uh, and actually look up the timeline of the earth since, uh, you know, a man has known it and the amount of time that the, Earth has heated and cooled and frozen and the plates have moved and things have taken place and all this stuff. And then, you know, again, it comes to do we really believe we have total one? Now, I believe in, you know, clean air, crap like that. But I've also know that, you know, we're not in India where our oceans are filled with garbage, you know, but we seem to take the brunt of it that we got to clean up our crap. Well, ours is pretty clean. Last time I checked, I can walk outside and breathe unless I was in downtown L.A. I think it's a, I, I really, I'm not a, I, I'm not a climatologist and I, I, I do think there's a, there's a balance between how we treat the earth well, sure and, there the is. and the natural rhythm and the natural of, order of what of it things. does over time. Right. And not like yeah. a Bill Gates wanting to put a bunch of dusty pixie dust up in the sky and block out the sun, which I mean, when that dude, you talk about, I think they all have gas stoves. That is <laughs> what the hell is happening. I am start, folks, I'm starting to put this together. Yep. The problem is our leaders all have gas stoves. I know exactly what you're, I can see this coming up on the website. There's going to be pictures of people, famous people, and then the stove that's in their kitchen. I can see you doing this already right I now. I think it's already connected. I think it's directly connected. It's why I'm so damn intelligent. I have an electric stove. I said, I got electric stove. As do I, actually, as do I. Right. I grew up with a gas stove, but I think everybody's I always told me that gas gas cooks better. You I'm a recovering gasaholic. With my, you're recovering a lot of things. I'm a recovering gasaholic, man. I I don't know, man. It's just that was just that was just kind of crazy. So you know, Dave and I are just kind of bantering, talking about stuff that you know, who knows what's going on. And then I told um, you, I sent you the other thing. I told you to. You know that I travel, I travel to college campuses and speak and military bases and corporates, things like that. And uh, someone sent it to me yesterday. They go, hey, David, don't you don't you do colleges? I said, yeah. And I what her, her name's Olivia Dunn. Is that what I, I told you? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The gymnast from LSU who they have to have usually gymnastics events on a college campus don't sell out. They're not that big a deal unless one of the colleges has a significant program that's won national championships, et cetera. And now these her gymnastic events, she's become a what an Instagram and a TikTok sensation, millions of dollars in name, image, likeness deals. And when they're showing up for these away gymnastics events, they're having to hire extra security because of all the men and all the people who are trying to get a glimpse of her. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Dude, it's crazy. I'm sitting here. I, 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 uh, I uh, looked her up when you brought that up. I mean, she's uh, a millionaire at 18 
uh, being a gymnast, I mean, that's uh, just, you know, more power to her. Good God bless her. I'm sure somebody. The branding will is, I was looking it over and I was kind of looking over last night. The branding is just the different photos that she puts up and the, the number of different endorsement deals that have come in. And she, what, she's 18, you said? I, well, I think she's 20 now. I think 20 I think, now. Yeah, I think she's 20, uh, 20 now. Let me see if I can find it i believe she's 20 now but she's been a millionaire she's 20 years 20 years old uh and having a millionaire a at the age of 18 campuses. so she started making some chingo off of this kind of stuff you know back uh back in the day right so, I, I wonder i wonder how her teammates take it i wonder how the school's handling it well uh, school's yeah. handling it fine they're getting money yeah well and the the, the publicity yeah the, the millions and millions of dollars of their name being attached right is remarkable right exactly that, that you'd have to pay for yeah it's uh, it's you know world's loony as anything i guess but uh, more power to her i mean i would probably be doing the same thing so i think i would but uh that could be a after effect from the gas stove that i'm not too <laughs> sure what the hell i would be doing so and then i got the opportunity to uh dig deeper into what's going on in the world i uh Actually, the guys that I was with yesterday, they brought up, uh, I guess, something happened with Joe Biden and some documents and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, when I got in, I looked at your article and then, of course, that was there. So I kind of followed that. And, you know, he's always been one of my one of my favorite um, favorite presidents and uh, because I love potatoes and, um, you know, I don't eat cauliflower because that's racist as hell. Uh, but I do like potatoes and, uh, and he just reminded me of my favorite potato. Uh, he reminds me of Jeff Dunham's Walter. <laughs> and I know Jeff. Jeff used to do the college market. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like him, just like the girl, the girl's making a living, you know, with, you know, basically her, uh, looks and rear end and Jeff Dunham made a living sticking his hand up something's rear end. So there you go. It's uh, came, it's, nice segue. Nice analogy. You like how that, I put that yeah, one together. Boy, I put it yeah, together. Oh, Great, man. Yeah. You're some, you should go back on stage. I'm telling you. I'm trying to Dave. I'm trying to get all that stuff going. But, uh, so at any rate, this is uh Joe Biden, I guess found some stuff, uh, or they found a bunch of crap in his Corvette in his garage. I guess um, a bunch of documents, yeah, classified documents. <laughs> I don't know, man. And here's the thing. I'm going to play this clip because it's funny as hell. It's a minute and 48 seconds. I'm going to play. I, I may have to stop it a couple times, but uh, I'm going to play this clip on them talking about uh, Joe Biden and these documents. Here it comes. We just have to remember who in God's name we are. You've heard so me he's say doing a press time. conference. This is the United States of America. I there's nothing, whatever. Nothing he's telling everybody. Our the United States together. of America, we're great. So God bless you all, and, and may God protect God our bless troops. You, God protect our troops. Now they want to ask questions, and it's like this random reporter gets selected. Next year, Corvette. What were you thinking? All right, so. <laughs> First of all, folks, what that was, the, I, I guess he was doing a press conference, David. And then he says, God bless America and God bless all the stuff and all the stuff that we're not supposed to say. So, uh, which I guess now you're allowed to say. But at any rate, and then he, you know, the, the reporters jump up and they're all screaming, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. And he selects this dude randomly. 
and the dude says, Mr. President, uh, and I'll paraphrase, but uh, Mr. President, uh, classified documents in your Corvette. And he goes, what were you thinking? And this is what uh, Joe Biden was thinking. Let me, uh, the, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week. Nope, cut out. Rush. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So what he said was, it was my locked garage. <laughs> it's not like they're sitting in the street. But anyway. It was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. Now, I want to point something out here, David. So uh, it, it was his Corvette. So, and I guess okay. he's got like an old 63 Corvette. Uh, cool. But it was, they were locked in his Corvette, which is a, which is a, is a convertible. So that's great. Nobody, nobody <laughs> ever, nobody ever cut, uh, was able to get into a convertible. And I know he didn't put the top up, but, um, so, but I want to point something out. You guys got to go look at this video. The, the thing that jumped in my mind immediately was the reporter appeared to be randomly selected. The reporter clearly challenges him, like, what were you thinking? You know, like, what were you thinking? What you're hearing, which David's not, that's why I have to uh, coach him. What you're hearing, you have to see, because he's reading the answer. He, the, the, this, this idiot is reading the answer. So... Oh. It could not. Reading the it answer? could not have been remotely a random question, because he's addressing the random question. I see. But he's reading it. He is looking down. He, if you listen now as it plays, he begins stumbling. He begins saying the wrong words because he, you know, the dude is, and the dude needs to be in a retirement home. He, he has no mind left. Well, going back to what you just said, if he had a pre-prepared answer to the question, they knew the question was coming. Right. And you're saying that someone randomly out of nowhere was selected to ask that it, question. Well, that's what it is made to look like, you know, in this, in this reporters, like, what were you thinking, Mr. President? Like, and then as I was watching, it didn't dawn on me until a little bit into it. I'm like, the dude is reading the answer to a random question. Not like, you know, they could have a prepared statement just in case the question came up. He's actually, he's actually addressing what the guy in your Corvette, you know, like, and he's reading it. He's reading it all. He's not, it's not off the cuff. It's not anything. I'm going to continue this here real quick. It's just, Blows me away. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my 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 personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden pen. And th this was 
Now, right there, he stumbles. This was done in the case of the this. Uh, th- this was done. The dude can't eat. Oh my God! I, what is going on in this country? It's done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see. We're going to see all this. Unfold. I'm confident. Did you hear him at the end? He didn't even finish a statement, David. And then he makes these noises. He. Thank you. And he leaves. I, buddy, we that's who's leading our country. First, we have we have a nut job wanting to ban gas grills or gas stoves. And then we got this ding dong that is just, I don't know. You know, I was just thinking about this, Paul. Say that gas grills got banned. How would that work? How would they, how would, like you'd let someone into your home. You're the one I'm thinking of. Like you'd let someone into your home (laughs) to take out your gas grill? I I don't think. Dude, here's the thing anymore, though, when you say that. Now, you know damn well I would. Okay, we, you know, you know, I I think by now, most people know I am pretty, you know, I make lots of mistakes. I do lots of bad things. I've made lots of error, error judgments in my life and things. But when it comes down to certain things and I'm going to use the word F-R-E-E-D-O-M. No, it's it's not negotiable for me. That's why I didn't wear a mask. That's why I haven't gone back to those stores that kicked me out. That's why, no, I, I won't. So you say that, yes, me, no, no. I might get three rounds off and then they'll blow my house up, right? But if I learned anything over the past three years, I would say 90% of the people that I know would open the door for them and hold it while they were taking it out. Hmm. That's that's where I'm at. I ninety percent of the people, buddy. When you let them in your body, you just gave them everything. And I understand that was from. far more telling on how they did it. Where they can do if they threatened your job, you either get rid of gas stove or you can't work anymore. What are you gonna do? Uh, you and I, you and I have a mutual friend that was my first podcast guest member, uh, Mike and Debbie Gardner. Yeah, Debbie and Debbie and Mike had a real problem with the vaccinations and being required and they live on their own kind of compound down in Texas. So I think they were able to do their own thing, but, and she, she even called me when she goes, she goes, David, I know, I know the situation you're in. You're not going to step foot in. Buddy, I respect, I, I, I have, I think nothing ill of you for doing that. I think nothing of ill of anybody for doing, I, I, I had to come to terms with it because in the beginning, I, I just didn't even understand it. Like how somebody could, but I also, you know, lost a lot of my business, was faced in with a bunch of different things. You know, there were dealerships that I, I could have probably saved, but they required me to wear a mask to go down and they wanted me to come in. I'm not going, okay, keep your money. I'll figure something else out. That's my own stubbornness. That was my right, right? That was my position. But people that couldn't or wouldn't, you know, everybody's got to do their own thing. But that I'm just answering your question, do I think? It's like when people go, there's going to be a revolution. You're not doing jack crap. 
And I've, I've probably lost a lot of friends by being that blunt with them. You're not doing anything. People who were so adamantly against those injections, those inoculations that allowed the government to stab their children so they could play a game without knowing. I, I hope to God we don't end up with a bunch of babies born like with the polio vaccine that was released too soon. I hope to God that isn't. But more than anything, I hope to God that parent that held their kid and let them do that to them can live with that. Re- which we're going to see. That's five and ten years from now, right? I know. That's that's You've a five. That's that. a five and ten year. You know, there's already talk about the football player, uh, whatever. What was his name? Demar Hamlin. Yeah, yeah. You know, God, God bless him, right? I mean, God bless yeah. him. But there's already it's really there's great massive talk that he had just had a booster. I don't know if it's true, but there's massive. And, you know, uh, my buddy Dan Roth was in here the other day and he said, man, have you not followed what's happened to all the southern, uh, you know, like uh, South America soccer players that there's been, I guess, several that have died. I can't confirm that. But, you know, he's telling me and there has been people that, you know, stories of direct connects of these young people, these fit 24, the guy, kids, 24 years old goes down and there's people have said there's a direct connect. Now, I don't know that that's true. So I, I don't know. I uh, but know. I've I've re- I've I've read stories when people have pointed it out, you know, if I feel compelled to look it up. But I don't think we'll truly know any number until, you know, five years from now or something like that. Um, you know, Paul, there's certain things that happen in our lives that you kind of remember instantly. And I was watching that game here in Cincinnati. It was a big game for us and the world. It was like a mini Super Bowl. I will remember, I will remember that young man falling backwards for the rest of my life. Yeah. It was such an unnatural thing to see on a football field. Yeah. You, you, you see people go down. You see him grab a knee. You see to literally fall straight back like a board is not something I'd seen before. Yeah. What what was that one uh, Super Bowl the Bengals were in where it was all snowy and stuff? And was that uh, – I can't remember the player who uh, got his leg uh, just snapped at the very first play oh, of the game. Um, it was a uh, – Jim Crumry. Crumry. Jim Crumry. Dude, I'll never forget that. I understand. I will never in my Joe Theismann, life when – Joe when Lawrence Taylor got Joe Theismann. Oh, my. There's certain things you just I can't say I can't watch that stuff. It's why I'm not in the medical field. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you you just there are certain things. Yeah, there's like there's just things child. I can't. I you cannot unsee it. You can't. I remember Gail Sayers getting hurt. He was my favorite player. I was mm-hmm. a kid. Gail Sayers got hurt right in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Daddy, what are they doing? Son, you're not going to see him play again. I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I will tell you that, and I, you know, I'm not a sports fan. I don't watch the Bengals. They've never come here and cheered me on, and uh, so I don't, <laughs> you know, cheer them on. They, I, none of them. Have One has none David of, Fulcher. Came well, but you know, he's not playing anymore. Uh, so he never. I never met him until after he was done. And uh, Dave Fulcher, what a wonderful human being and man, doing great work. And uh, we 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 gotta get him back in. But uh, yeah, I I'm not a big sports fan. And when you text me on that, I think I was a little harsh, but. Uh, uh, you know, and I do pray that the, the kids, you know, better and, and does well. Uh, my brother had a very interesting twist on it. 
um, it wasn't his. He sent me this thing. Uh, he talked about, and I'll paraphrase it, but uh, Tim Tebow, I guess, uh, you know, was uh, uh, criticized for taking a knee and praying to God. And he mentioned some coach that was fired for praying uh, to God before the games. And yet uh, this kid gets hurt and everybody is giving accolades to God for uh, the speedy, it was uh, for the power of God. Now, my brother's point was, which was very interesting, um, if that one act for that one kid, for that football player, it, and, I, and since I don't watch the news, I don't know, did that wake anybody up to go, why isn't it okay for those players to pray to God before they get on the field? Why isn't it okay for our children to be in school and say a prayer? Why is it only okay if a sports figure, who's getting paid to get the snot beat out of him, right? Okay, so he, he gets hurt. Okay, my heart goes out for him. It really does. It, and his family, I had to calm down after you text me because I was in a mood. I'm like, that's what he gets paid for. He, get, he gets paid to be in a brutal game. It's like the MMA guys. They beat the hell out of each other, and then one of them dies, and everybody has shit fit. Your point's a valid one, though. The minute that happened, you could see the reactions. When someone's getting CPR, it means that they're trying to bring them back. Back. So you've got, you've got all those teammates. You've got all the opposing team watching someone literally die on the field. What'd they all do? Drop to Drop one knee. Drop to one up. knee. So, so what it automatically did is you're going to say to yourself, it can only happen after crisis. So if something's in a crisis mode, we can drop to a knee and pray on the field. If right. it's not, you can't. Right. So it, it has to open up the dialogue of why isn't it okay all the time? Why isn't it okay all the time? It's you know, and it goes, and, and that really is, it does stay, stick with us on the topics of what we're talking about today is like, gee, God, people look at what kind of world we have created and that was my only that was not my only one it's like you know I, I have lots of cop friends i got a lot of firefighter friends i got a lot of this uh, a lot of military guys you know people that's you know you take the job you get take the good which is the multi-millions of dollars in a football player's life with the bad so things happen and i pointed out to you i looked up instantly one thing that i had to do because i knew i snapped at you uh, or i was snippy you didn't stop. Well, I, well, I mean, I was things. snippy in my response, and I know that, and I apologize, and I ask God for forgiveness because I, I was a little snippy in my response. I could have immediately said a prayer for the kid, which I, I didn't really immediately do because I was more concerned with so a football player does it, and now everybody all of a sudden is going to mm -hmm. say pray, you know, because a football player does it. Uh, and then I corrected myself. I, I righted the ship, but uh, – one thing that I did that night is I looked up and I sent you some stats on on rugby and the early days of football. Yes, you had the concussions. You know, rugby is like number one. But you don't have the massive, massive injuries. And it's because of the lack of equipment. As the equipment gets better, these 285-pound guys thinks that it's okay to smack into somebody full speed, what's the object of football? Stop the ball, not crush the dude. I get it. Is it? And 
I mean, correct you know me if I'm wrong, David. It, is the you know point, is the point of football – well, here's the deal. Had that, let's just say anything, if Crumry on that hit would have got up everybody that cheered, kill him, you know, like the, the, the dude that hit him, everybody would be elated that, you know, how, I mean, one of the most famous uh, videos on YouTube is the – massive hits right Ooh, ah ee ow but then when they don't get up oh i had dinner the other night with david fulcher and his wife and my daughter shannon and uh one of the things we got talking about was football and and i i kind of looked at david like oh david would you even make it through the first quarter the way the way the nfl is now the way he hit when he was a player He's like, I, I'd have to modify my game. <laughs> right. He said it. He said it in David Fulcher fashion. But yeah, he's like, I, I would have to modify my game. Yeah, and you know, it's I, changing it, it 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 has. I mean, everything. I mean, sports in general. I mean, you look at like a uh, automotive. You know, racing. As the equipment has gotten better, so has the speed. Right. It's like we're invincible now because we have these big cages. We have all this stuff. I mean, look at the wrecks those guys survive. Yeah. I mean, that, there's nothing UFs. left but the seat and a cage. Yeah. And they're going, you know, what, 260 miles an hour or whatever the hell the speed limit is there. But it's always made me shake my head, Paul. <laughs> you, you see some of these guys end over, end over, oh end my over. Oh, my God. Disintegrates. They walk away. They just walk up. And then if you if you go back and you look at the, the accent that killed Dale Earnhardt where he goes into the wall. Yeah. You're like in a, in a race. You're like, oh, come on. And that, you know, how does that happen? Right. How does somebody walk away from the one like this? Dale Earnhardt goes into the wall relatively. Well, he'd been turning left his whole life, and one time he turns right, and he dead. He's, he's dead. I mean, honestly, I mean, you just look at uh, things. So life's weird, and uh, you know we're living in. Oh, a, I am gonna. Real, have to I know you are, you. and uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, Lord help us, buddy, and I'm gonna play. Uh, Lord help us, David Coleman. Thanks so much. You're gonna be in here on Monday with Matt, correct? I am in Monday with Matt. People are really. Uh, you might want to let people, if, if someone's ever wanted to connect to a lost loved one or they're really in pain and hurt and loss over, not only have them encourage them to to uh, listen, but maybe send a question ahead of time or mm-hmm. if they want to call in or something, uh, Matt's a pretty decent dude. And he's not some guy out there trying to sell snake oil. He's the real deal. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, David Coleman, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, folks, I'm going to say bye uh, to David in private here real fast. I know he's got to go. I'm going to spend... Lord help us, three minutes, 59 seconds, and uh, I'm getting ready to re-release this song because I'm, I'm pretty sure we need it. So here you go. I'll be back in 
that uh, a couple years ago that was one of the first uh tracks that i had done um on my own accord there and that was uh featuring uh leon van edmund on the um on the harmonica uh that is uh early in to uh, leon cutting tracks uh for us uh we also had on there uh fernando pardomo uh, played the guitar and the drums on that, which was really cool. And then I was very blessed to find Tyra Juliet, who is one of Kid Rock's uh, backup singers. And uh, so Tyra, actually, I believe we did three tracks uh, with Tyra. That one, 29 Days, and I'm pretty sure there was another one uh, that we had on there with uh, Tyra as well. So uh, very blessed to uh, put that out. And uh, I'm probably going to recut that one. Um, maybe not necessarily recut it, but me remix it. Cause my, my abilities to mix have gotten, um, a little bit better. I would like to think. And, uh, it's just a, 
cool song. I had listened to that. We di- I did a version. Uh, that one had the uh, f- uh, violin on it, the fiddle. And uh, I released a version. We also had a version where I played the sax. I am a strings nut as much as I love playing the sax. I just fell in love with the string version, and that's what we released. Maybe I'll do both of them. I do not know. So this is Paul Jones. It is uh, it is Friday. It is Friday. It's 1027 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. i got about 33 minutes left with you today. I'm going to spend some music and just change the tonality. My uh, buddy Dave uh, Coleman was on the air with me. We talked about all kinds of crazy stuff and politics and things that I uh, really didn't want to uh, ever get involved in discussing. But at some point in time, uh, there's things that need to be talked about in order to get it fixed. And, uh, you know, so I don't mind from time to time when we don't have a guest talking about music or mental health or things like that going, uh, going off on what we would call maybe somewhat of a tangent uh not that i'm always uh correct but uh, i would have to say today we were pretty much correct on uh, the craziness that's going on with uh wanting to ban um things uh you know gas stoves and uh joe biden uh having documents in his corvette that he shouldn't have had because he acquired them when he was vice president which um you know i it doesn't matter who's president folks if uh, it's top secret it's top secret it shouldn't be in your garage uh, in a Corvette, whether it's locked or not, and a convertible, pointing out that uh, it's a 63 convertible, the likelihood that that car was uh, actually locked and had its top up is so rare. You don't keep a uh, Corvette that's a convertible with the top up in your garage locked. Most collectors will have that top down uh, so they can just get in the car and drive. But that's my opinion, not based on fact, because I don't uh, sit in his garage ever. Up next, I'm going to play Fruit Basket by uh, uh, Kelsey Kimberlin. We've talked uh, uh, a lot about Kelsey and we've spun her music. I really uh, like her music. I enjoy it. She writes a a lot of really cool stuff. It's on the radio station. So here's uh, Kelsey and uh, two minutes, 55 seconds, and I will uh, be back. Sin miedo y nunca lo olvidaré En el amor está la llave, baby Mi corazón 
eso no tiene clave, vente. Una copita de champán en San Juan, me tiene loquito, vamos a celebrar. La vaina está buena, esto está ratata, la vida es sabrosa y la vamos a gozar. Love is on the inside, so show it on the outside. Y la vamos a gozar. Spread the joy to people across the planet. Hoy la vamos a formar. Then we all will see how this is gonna turn out. Y la vamos a gozar. Everything's alright, that's what I'm talking about. Kelsey, come on. Yeah, the world's what you're making. that was Kelsey Kimberlin, uh, so Fruit Basket, and uh, just a really talented young lady, uh, very blessed to have her music, and uh, we wish her well. Uh, we're supposed to get her in here, we were supposed to have her uh, before the end of the year, but we'll, uh, uh, like I said, we're uh, revamping uh, some of the scheduling that we had with people, uh, the holidays seem to mess everything up uh, in regard to that. Uh, but that's cool. That's not a problem. So we can make up for it. Uh, one guy we had before uh, Christmas, before the end of the year, was Jackson Harden, a very uh, talented young man. And this is a uh, wild mountain time. Let's 
We just have to remember who in God's name. And that was uh, Where Are the Children? I played uh, Fruit Baskets uh, by uh, Kelsey Ken uh, Kimberlin and uh, then uh, some uh, uh, Jackson Harden and then uh, got a phone call. So had to spend one more and Where Are the Children was queued up. Uh, funny thing about that track. Uh, so we were talking about uh, a couple years ago and I was uh, had just really kind of started uh, doing a lot of music, and I was sitting in the office here, and it was in, uh, I'm going to say it was uh, roughly in uh, July-ish uh, after school had let out, and um, I noticed it was during, you know, all the, you know, the mass stuff was going on and things of that nature, but uh, at any rate, uh, I was sitting in the office, and I uh, had the garage door open, and uh, uh, we just had my guitar on my lap, I had my doll up, uh, my recording uh, interface and uh, I, I noticed something very, very odd. Uh, you know, here it is summertime, and uh, th- there were no kids anywhere. There were, there were no kids anywhere playing. It was summertime. It was in the uh, early afternoon, and uh, uh, that's what I did. And I actually just hit record. Uh, I uh, laid that down. Obviously, uh, the words are, it's not, uh, I just sang it and um, sang it as it is. And uh, the cool thing is, when I produced it, which was immediately thereafter, I shut the garage door and decided, what the heck, I'm going to put this together. Um, 
I did everything on that. Uh, I did uh, all the guitar parts. I did uh, everything, but here's something interesting. There are no drums on that. Uh, it is my. It is a garbage can in the studio. I have a blue uh, plastic garbage can. It's the back of my guitar. It is the um, uh, my desk. Uh, I recorded all the percussion uh, that way. So it's a garbage can in the back of my guitar, uh, which I just beat the hell and back, and uh, my desk. And then I did. Uh, we have some congas in the studio, and I, I grabbed the congas and put a little bit of light conga in there. And um, I mastered it, and that was it. And here's the funny thing, man. That is actually, that song gets played a lot. I, I just wonder what people really, if they know what it, uh, what I was talking about there. Um, David and I talk all the time. He's like, we need to go into the songs of what they mean and how they came about more. And we have that scratch track that I've done in the past with songs. And uh, it is kind of interesting. Uh, it will always make me smile that I was able to uh, uh, pull that off with a garbage can, the back of my guitar, and my desk. So kind of fun stuff there. So speaking of that, let's speed things up a little bit. And I know I play these guys a lot, but I love me some Nine Castle Close. Foggy Doo!
was Nine Castle Close. I, I guess I'm somewhat addicted to those guys for some reason. I don't know. I just, uh, I love the fiddle. I love the violin. I love the strings. I love all that stuff, and I love the speed of that song. Uh, I am uh, telling you right now, I can't wait till the summertime to be out on the motorcycle and listen to that thing because I like to go fast and listen to music. So I am... Uh, uh, addicted to uh, being out there and having a, a little bit of speed and some music and uh, cannot wait till uh, spring and get rid of this cold weather and this dreariness and things like that. So uh, that was my buddy, Patrick Disney. If you've heard me before, that's who he is. You can go to ninecastleclose.com. Check out their music and uh, do them a favor too, man. Buy it. And uh, uh, when I say that, I haven't, uh, I haven't talked about that in a while. I haven't mentioned that before, but... Uh, yeah, go ahead and buy that music because, folks, just streaming it is not doing uh, anybody any real good out there financially that's putting out music. So, and I include ourselves in that. You know, we, uh, our music is definitely available at no cost. How do you uh, sell a gift? But it certainly is nice when people do order the album and, uh, you know, uh, makes you feel good that they are supporting you and uh, so nine castle close would be the same way just the same as everybody else that we play go and uh, uh, spend nine bucks and uh, get their music and uh, that'll take care of that so it's paul jones it is uh 10 i got uh, roughly i think what is it 12 minutes left uh for today eastern standard time on the uh friday the 13th it is definitely friday and uh, had uh, David Coleman on here, I will re-air this at 3 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, p.m. And then it'll be available on demand in the app. And for those of you who are listening to us on, uh, uh, say, the Spotify, if you're uh, pulling them up and things like that, uh, you can always join us uh, on uh, Mondays at uh, 9 o'clock uh, in the morning and listen to what we got going on. We've got some cool guests coming up. I will, uh, on the outro, give you a, uh, uh, a hint on uh, who David's going to uh, bring in here Monday. Um, his show, Bridging the Gap, he actually recorded a show with Matt. And um, unfortunately... It didn't take. Matt's uh, microphone was muted, so they redid it. I have to pull it down. I have to re-pull down the, the redo, and then I will get that online. But we're also going to have him in here live because David just loves this guy and says he's just really cool. I had a brief conversation with him on the phone uh, the other day. He seems cool. He uh, uh, He's a, a medium, or I, I guess that's what they call uh, them, but he... It's, uh, he had a near-death experience, and then all of a sudden he's able to do some really far-out cool things. And uh, David swears by him, uh, and I think it would just be interesting to have a conversation with him, uh, talk to him a little about. Uh, I am going to invite people if they want to come on and they want to have a conversation with him and they want to ask him anything. Uh, you'll be able to join us with Zoom on that one. Um, and uh, so that's what we got going on there. Uh, our project 2022 is, uh, released. It is out. Uh, it is, uh, doing fairly well. The real number, you know, the numbers always take some time to catch up. So we'll find out exactly how well it did after the release. 
Uh, but uh, we're very blessed there to people are supporting. We got some new songs that uh, were released on that project as well as uh, some of the best from 2022. And uh, I'm going to spin one right now called Before It's Too Late. And uh, it's a real cool blues tune, and I hope you like it. I'll be back in uh, 3 minutes and 46 seconds to uh, more or less wrap some things up. I might have enough time to spend one more uh, before we go. say we are just two ships passing in the night you just happen to be in the right place in my wrong time now I don't see it that way baby nothing happens by chance see our God our God it don't work that way I was at one of the darkest moments of my life Things were not working out good for me at the time And then, and then your shit Floats on here, oh yeah. Looks like, looks like God did it again. Before it's too late, he always steps in. Before it's too late, looks like, looks like he did it again. Call it a test of faith And when you're And when you're at your end Before it's too late Oh yeah God steps in
and that was before it's too late that was uh just released on our project 2022 album and uh just a, a cool blues tune had uh, just some uh really cool players on there always uh when there's a harmonica involved you know it's leon van egmond uh we uh i found leon uh when i first started cutting music again and uh have not looked back i have not looked for a single other harmonica player uh, even when he is out on tour, we will uh, hold the track up before we will get somebody else uh, to do it because Leon is awesome. And if uh, you were uh, listening uh, last week, I interviewed Leon um, in, uh, from the Netherlands, and we uh, I'm uh, finalizing the video on that. I'm a little behind on that one, actually. I actually forgot that I, I've not uh, totally exported that. So we will have uh, that up, but his interview is up. Uh, in the app under past talks you can go there and see that so it is uh 10 55 on uh, january 13th friday the 13th uh, actually my mother was born betty was born on july 13th uh 1933 god rest her soul uh but she was born on a friday the 13th so she was uh july uh friday the 13th and uh just a uh, a wonderfully strong and powerful cancer woman. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, just thinking about her today as well. So uh, I'm about six months off, but uh, her birthday will be coming around. I don't know if it falls on a, uh, falls on a Friday this year or not. I, I wouldn't think so. But uh, so this is Paul Jones uh, coming to you live from the studios on Race Road in between uh, Ron's Roost and the Cluckin' and the uh, Close Steak and Shake. I am about done. I got about four minutes left. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take us out of here with a song that is exactly four minutes. And it's Never Let Me Go, but I'm going to do a little twist on it. And I'm going to spin the Spanish version with Marcelo on it. So that was released on the new uh, album project as well. And uh, here you go. This is Never Let Me Go in Spanish. Just a really cool song. And, and then I'll put it on autopilot. Remember, you can always catch us live 9 to 11. What you've been listening to is the live version of Paul Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch us on the app. Thank you for your support. God bless you, and I hope everybody has a amazing weekend. Never let me go Spanish. Siempre estás Siempre que te necesito Justo a mi lado Siempre puedo contar con vos Pareces a
Todo el miedo 